Hey everybody, welcome back for the final Star Trek <laughs> MTT Megan's Top 20. Hi. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's not been that long since the last one posted. I, I haven't actually edited Devil in the Dark yet, even though we recorded that a long time ago. Yeah. I started to edit it, and then my computer shut down like when I was five minutes away from finished. So I like, oh, I don't want to That's why it's taking so long, his computer shut down. I did, well... <laughs> It's shut down. This is set, this is like a week after we recorded it, and then I was like, "Oh, I don't want to listen to that whole thing again right now." I'll take a week or two to get it, you know, get it out of my head so I can redo it, yeah. be more engaged by it, because I'm I'm better if I if I'm listening along with editing. Yeah, and. Um, then I just kept putting it on the back burner and forgot about it. So, and we, anybody who hasn't noticed, it's probably been a while since, if you happen to be listening to our rock starring podcast, it's been a very long time since we did that. Uh, and we've kind of decided we're, we're fading out of it. I, I know we said we'd finish it. Maybe one day we'll get back to it, but we just haven't really been. It's just there. not been the year for it. Uh, I, it's just, we haven't really been zoned in on doing it. And I've always believed you should only do these kinds of things if you're actually enjoying it. It should be about the experience and sharing as opposed to some kind of deadline. I mean, we're not being paid to do this, so. No. But we got so close with Star Trek, uh, we were one away from finished. We figured, well, two, if we're going to do the, if we include the, the honorable mentions. We figured, you know what, we might as well get it done. Um, and yeah. also, we were kind of in a Star Trek-y mood because we just finished watching uh, the first two seasons of Lower Decks. For me, it's a rewatch of season one. Megan watched both. And we're about halfway through uh, the first season of Prodigy. Which is... That's all that's out right now. Well, so. the, the the almost all of Discovery season four is out, but we haven't watched that yet because we're waiting to finish it. In fact, we we I, I when we first started watching, um, Prodigy, we thought, or at least I thought, that it was only a ten episode season because that's all that was posted on IMDb at the time. And then when I we got to the end of the last episode, I was like, okay, let me check and make sure. And then it turns out. I it's was got wrong. Another... It's got another ten episodes, but we we really liked it, so we're not mad that we saw it. No, uh, Lower Decks wasn't quite as bad as I remember it being. I'm sure you, if you go back through, I was bashing Lower Decks quite a bit. I still stand by most of season one. I didn't like even on rewatch, but it wasn't as bad as I remembered it. I actually enjoyed it in season two. Yeah, season more. two was really good. Surprisingly, yeah. I, I was actually there really are characters with it. in it that I find really annoying, but overall, I love them. So. Overall, I like the cast. Yeah. And then uh, Prodigy has been a legitimate shock at how much we enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, we enjoyed it. They also just announced a Telltale Star Trek game, uh, Star Trek Resurgence, I think is what it's called. Or something like that. It's probably going to be another year or so before it's out, but we are marginally intrigued, although we're actually... Well, you are marginally intrigued. I think it was kind of boring, but... Well, compared to the, the Expanse one, because there's... There's an Expanse Telltale-esque game coming out and a Star Trek Telltale-esque game coming out. And one is actually made by the studio Telltale, but they are just the studio name. And the other one is made by the actual people People. that made most of the Telltale games that we love. So, and I don't remember which is which off the top of my head. uh, And it's not worth looking it up. (laughs) They just announced either today or recently that there's going to be a Star Trek Starfleet Academy show in the works. And... Uh, so we were in a Star Trek-y type mood, so we decided to go ahead and watch Megan's uh, 20 pick. Again, these are not in order of no. her best and worst happiness, it's just whatever occurred to her. Honestly, I think we already did my one of my 
my definite favorite episode if mm-hmm. I had to pick one. Although this is definitely in the top for this a lot of people. This is very, very high up there. Uh, the Inner Light, yeah. uh, which is, of course, a very famous Written TNT as episode. as The Thinner Light. <laughs> no, it's, it's Inner. I know, I know, I'm kidding. It looks like Thinner Light on, <laughs> from back here. It's just kind of terrible handwriting. Thank you for embarrassing me about it because I'm no, very My handwriting's not much better. Shut up. Mm. I feel so, I feel so betrayed. Bone. Uh, but anyway, um, the thing I was going to say is, uh, the the it's a very famous episode. It's actually like in the I think like one of the more recent like in 2016 they did a, a poll, and, and Vegas is like number three behind uh, in the pale moonlight and uh, City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah. Uh, neither of which we've covered, which is Although, actually surprising. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I did, you don't understand. It's really hard to pick these. Yeah, I know you. You agonized about this a bit. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, we wanted that were not just standard choices, and there are several you've made that are not very standard. This one, however, would probably fall into most people's top ten, top yeah, twenty list. Yeah, some of my episodes are standard, and some. Well, it's because they're good episodes. There's nothing wrong with liking something that's good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it's the inner light. For those of you who don't know, the basic premise is a uh, the episode starts. Very standard. Yeah. Uh, we're on the bridge of the Enterprise, and we see a probe that looks very TOS era. Yes. And uh, it approaches the ship, and uh, somehow it sends a nucleogenic. Was that what it was called? Some sort of weird signal. Nucleonic or nucleogenic or something like that. Some some technobabble word through the shields, and it attaches to. Well, I guess it, we're th- nothing like attaches. There isn't like a thing that pops up on on his head, but no, it's just it like immediately. Picard starts going like into convulsions, and then he drops, and then he wakes up in a village using the standard village set they do in ninety percent of their village planet bases. <laughs> yeah. Anytime they find a colony that's remote, yeah, that's like their village set right there. Yeah, uh, although this one they use quite well. It gives a lot of character. Uh, I particularly love that in all the other versions of these village sets, there's that weird, like, no handrail staircase on the side of the building, yeah. and they just kind of, you just kind of don't really look at it. And then in this one, they have a scene where Picard is actually sitting on it, and yeah. it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so he wakes up, and everybody tells him his name is Cayman. Yeah. And that he actually has just had a really bad fever for the last week or so. Yeah, oh, quite a while. And then it's wiped his memory and given him the delusions of living a, a life on the Enterprise. Yeah. And uh, the, the the whole premise of the... The, the opening I, I loved because Picard is very unsure how to tackle this. Yeah. He tries everything you would think to try. Okay. He's done things... He did things at the beginning of this episode that he would normally do that we've seen in an episode similar to this, but with a completely different premise. Well, first things he does is he, he tries to see if this is a... Uh, uh, a holodeck program. Yeah. He deactivates it and nothing happens. Then he asks the lady, um, Aline, I believe is her name, mm-hmm. who wakes, who's there with him when he wakes up, uh, you know, am I a prisoner? What's going on? And she doesn't know what he's talking about. And then he goes out of the house and he starts walking around. He talks to other villagers. He tries to get their impressions of what's going on. Then he goes and wanders the countryside trying to find the edge of wherever this is. And it, he approaches it very much like he's not sure if this is meant to be some kind of test, or it's meant to be some kind of imprisonment, or if very something... Very scientific method. Very scientifically, but also very diplomatically. Yeah. He doesn't grab anybody and, sh- and sh- threaten them. Get me the f- out of here. Yeah, <laughs> but he does, and then it, it literally ends with him going back home, 
uh, to that to Aline and his house, who he's told by a friend of his named Bataille that Aline is his wife. Yeah, and, and has been for three years. Yeah, and he he starts talking with her about like their marriage, their relationship, and specifically a way of getting a message out, which I'm assuming was meant to eventually try to contact Starfleet or the uh, the yep. Enterprise. Enterprise, yeah. Um. Then we, uh, he's also told he's an, uh, a professional iron weaver, which... Uh, I want to know what the hell that means. The, the technology of this place is a little weird. I, I really it is wish, a little wonky. I really wish that they had had at least one scene, and this gets into the end twist, but uh, they're kind of spoiled a twist in a minute anyway. But the the given the end twist, I really wish they had clarified that this place had like really advanced like um, like uh, internal holodeck technology like they could project a story directly into your brain kind yeah. of a thing that might have been a little bit too much foreshadowing but to show that their technology had really advanced in, in that one area particular area that would be vital to the story whereas everything else they were kind of our yeah. level maybe a little bit further yeah, industrial to about modern technology kind of yeah thing. vaguely and that they they had like they had just started launching missiles into space Theoretically, they tackled launching missiles in other countries first, but they they had they were somewhere in the '60s level of space technology. Yeah, uh, would have been nice for the setup at the end because it does seem a little weird that they are insanely technologically advanced in this one area that we never see. But again, if they had had that scene, it might have been hanging too big of a lampshade on the ending twist, which I get. Uh, speaking of the twist that is ruined, I really don't like the cutbacks to the Enterprise. Yeah, I wish they didn't happen. I wish they didn't happen. And I'll tell you why. You know what this is? And I realized when we were watching it. This is almost exactly like Far Beyond the Stars, which is the episode of DS9 we did not cover. That was the other one that was in my... Yeah, well, in Far Beyond the Stars, uh, uh, Benjamin Sisko walks through a, a uh, doorway, yeah. and he wakes up living the life of. Do you remember the character's name? Ben. Ben. ben Benny. I think ben. Uh, who's a a black man living in the I think 30s or 40s in New York. Yeah. And he's a science fiction writer for a local magazine. And this I science. Think at most 50s or yeah. something. Yeah. And in this particular story, it's everything is an allegory for the characters. For example, the the main Dominion characters of Ducat and Wayun in this universe are cops and they treat him at like a like fascist shit. cop would. Yeah. <laughs> and Benny has to deal with actual racism and Kira and I believe was it Jadzia? Yeah, yeah. Jadzia was still in the show at that point. Yes. They are writers on also but nobody knows that they're women and yeah, they're so... specifically keeping it on the down low because this is a racist sexist era. Yeah. And this is very and the great thing about that is that you are complete with the exception of the opening and the closing there is no cutbacks. No. to the DS9 universe. You are just in this story with no idea of how you got there or what's going on. Yeah. And I kind of wish they'd done the same thing in this. Yeah. There is one cutback later that I would not have begrudged them, but we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. But the rest of them we don't need because they don't really add any new information that's vital and they really don't... It really stops the flow of the story when you're yeah, in the Yeah, it kind of takes world. you out of it a little bit. I believe the planet's called Catan. Yeah. Like, the story of Catan is really interesting. We don't need to cut back to the Empress. Yeah. Go ahead. I didn't mean to talk over you. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, that's why this is a favorite and not what I consider the best version mm -hmm. of this because Far Beyond the Stars is freaking amazing. Like I said, I agonized over it, but I saw one of them first and then the other one later. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, well, I can mention that I love that episode. And yeah. also, I had oversaturated this list with DS9, really. Uh, well, actually, we'll get to that during our, our run-through. <laughs> uh, we do our honorable mentions. You you might be surprised. Yeah, but I, I felt like I was going to saturate it. It's so. fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we get... Um, I, I'm glad you loved this one. We'll get to the specifics of you watching it later. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, by the way, we, normally... It's been a while since we've done this, but normally at the start we say, when we saw this... But almost universally, they're the same. I saw this when it came out, which I did. Megan didn't watch it until I watched it with her a couple of yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's literally the same story. One thing worth mentioning, and Megan's going to, I'm sure this has at least played a part subconsciously in why you wanted to pick this one, is that I mentioned to Megan when I saw, when we were watching it together, that I didn't actually remember liking this episode that much. Because, for the record, in my defense, when I first saw this, I was like seven to ten years old, and it is a very boring episode for a kid that just wants to see laser fights. Um, I think and you it was, said that about family, too. Yeah, it's all about emotion, it's all about connection, and I just wasn't in that headspace at that point in my life. Yeah. And I never rewatched those when I was running through them, when I was doing my reruns of my favorite episodes. Yeah. I never rewatched this or family. Yeah. And then when I was rewatching with you, uh, these just happened to fall like between several of my favorite episodes, and we were doing a full run through. Yeah. Like what, what we would do when we were watching occasionally, when we weren't living together, was I would put, uh, I would say, okay, watch up to this episode, and then we'll watch a handful of them together. And usually yeah. it would be like the start of an episode I loved to the next episode I really loved, and then another break, and she yeah. would do the episodes in between. And this and Family just happened to fall between two of those episodes, several yeah. of those episodes, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll have to rewatch these. And both of them went way up in my appreciation when I rewatched yeah, them. Yeah, they're both really good episodes. They were, they were phenomenal upon rewatch. Like, I am actually mad at myself, but I was a kid when I watched them originally. Um... But uh, one thing I have to comment is that when we do cut back to... We, again, we don't need the cutbacks to the ship. The, the, the ad breaks would have done fine for this. Which yeah. also we should mention, between the last time and this time, uh, Netflix has pulled like, all of their Star Trek. Except I, for, I think, DS9. Well, DS9 or Next Generation might still be on there, but I don't think so. Either way... Or was, I don't know. Well, either way, we watched this on Paramount Plus, and we only have the, the ad inclusion, and god damn, was it harder to enjoy an episode with ads these days. It really is. I feel so spoiled, because mm. I have left cable so long. <laughs> also, the ads did not fall correctly. Like, it, they it'd would, be one thing if the ads fell with the ad breaks, like yeah. they originally did when they were on television. And they were close. They were always close to the ad breaks. not quite. Yeah, they it was kind of like if somebody came into your house and moved all your furniture over by like one inch. Yeah. That's what it was. It would usually be three or four seconds into the cut back after the black, and then it would suddenly cut to ads, which really ruined the pacing a bit. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the one thing I like cutting back to... That is, we get a, a sense of the passage of time. They almost universally work in uh, how long it's been. Uh, I think in the first cutback, she said, his, his wife says, you've been plotting over this false life of yours for five years. I want you back as my husband. Um, they, they plant a tree in the first appearance when he's walking around the town trying to figure out what's going on. They plant a tree and say, this tree is our community's tree. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, they eventually have children, and we see those children in different stages of their life. There's a lot of very key ways they show us that time is moving insanely fast for Picard yeah. and that things have progressed, yeah. uh, which is really smart, honestly. It, it's great. I yeah. love it. Um, I have a question for you. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think the I'm not sure what they're actually would be called in in lore Catanians the Catanians we'll go with Catanians. Do you think the Catanians actually look like white people, or did the program, when it attached to Picard, automatically make them look like white people in order to make him feel more comfortable among them? Because I, I was imagining in my head, what if this thing had found a Klingon first? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he feel a little weird being the only bumpy, four-headed guy with fangs in this entire town? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. That's an interesting idea, because, mm-hmm. like, you... I mean, a lot of Star Trek planets just have people it look like humans. It would make sense, well, but th- it also, like you said... Th- there's several different ways to look at this. One, there's a lot of uh, planets that just have humans on them, especially in the original series episodes. Original series on early TNG. Yeah, they, they just look like humans. And again, they later explain this with the preser- the precursor race, but yeah. it's still... it's. A questionable what the, the a lot it's of it's just the looks... cheap costuming thing. yeah <laughs> but the point I was getting at is that um, so it's possible the Catanians did in fact look human yeah it is awfully convenient they looked all white uh, <laughs> that there's yeah. no other races in this particular little town yeah that's a little weird but uh, you know again but like I said it would it would make sense if if the program, but I would also believe that the Catanians would auto-adjust the pro, have the program auto-adjust to look, make everybody else filtered through what, what that person they connected to. Yeah, that way. Because the but, point of it. Because like I said, if a Denobulan was the first person that encountered this, or a Klingon, or um, a, a Vulcan, a anything. Vul- well, any of those species were the first that connected with it, and they were the only person that looked like themselves in this entire community would add it would be really hard for them to become invested they would always look different yeah i feel like you might be right about that i mean like because i mean if you think about it as you said if it ran into the a a different kind of alien Mm -hmm. and the point of the probe wasn't to preserve what they look like no it it was was to preserve their culture culture, which is what makes this entire thing phenomenal uh watching it through this time because again i have this is Honestly, maybe the third or fourth time I've ever watched this episode. I watched it originally when it aired. I might have watched it one more time with, like, Mom when I was in my teens or 20s. Yeah. When we did another run-through of Star Trek, uh, I would occasionally pop into her run-throughs. Because my mom has watched through Next Generation and Voyager. A lot. And, a lot. When I was living through it with... When she was living here with us, I'm pretty sure she went through Voyager at least three times. Yeah. Because uh, she loves them and points to her for loving them. They're good shows. But the point I was getting at is that the uh, the I might have caught it then, and it, I guess it just didn't grab me. And then I watched it again with you, and I was blown away by how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. This time I was watching, I was actually putting thought into what I was seeing. And there's a lot of great little things that clearly yeah. describe this culture to people. Like, yeah. we learn through piecemeal, just in the snippets we get to see, a basic idea of their government of their their rites of passage, the main kind of work they do, mm-hmm. the the kind of food they prefer to make, their, like their kind of music. Yeah, we learn a lot about them through what Picard, what little bits of Picard we get to see in this universe as uh, Cayman. Yeah, and it's legitimately kind of great because you don't even realize that that's what it's doing to you because you're so caught up in the mystery of what the hell is this all about why is he living this until the very end and you realize oh I've been learning along with him about this entire culture it's it's a really well constructed in that regard um 
Uh, speaking of politics, speaking of their form of government, we meet the only politician that we get any introduction to uh, of any real note. There's, there's apparently local councils that run Which, the basic yeah. cities that we're in, and then there's a higher thing that's kind of like the senator of the place. Yeah. And he's on the, what was it called, the, the high council or something like that? Yeah, there's like a council thing. I mean. Well, there's a local council that uh, Bataille was a part of, and Bataille, then there's a higher and then later council. Yeah, Cayman. and then later Cayman. And then there's a high council that the yeah. guy comes to visit from. And he's your typical politician. Yeah. You know, he, uh, we were looking at each other because it's in, in the universe, they're having a drought. Now, the reason they're having a drought is we find out that their star's going nova, and it's killing everything. But we were looking at it like the, the, the politician's like, oh, well, you've got some great ideas on how to deal with this, but you realize building moisture evaporators or whatever it was is it's going pointless. to... It, well, it's going to cost a lot of money and be really inconvenient to a lot of it's people. A lot of time. And a time and effort. We just, maybe you could submit a request and then and we'll debate about it. And, you know, living in the modern era... Well, when the, he walks away, Picard's like... Those aren't going to happen. No, right? none of that stuff's going to happen. And Bataille's like, well, you know, it takes time. And we were just flashing to global climate change. And every single time an elected official is asked a question about what we should do regarding global climate change, their response is almost universally, we'll get around to it. It's a great idea to do something. We'll get around to it. <laughs> uh, so uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, I, I love the design of his flute. But is it fair to call it a flute? Because it looks honestly more like a recorder. No, it doesn't. It looks like a flute. Well, flutes are by usually by the side. This one was straightforward. Yeah, but there are flutes that go like that. It's too skinny to be a recorder. Fair enough. Recorders are like big fat things. I suppose. I just meant the design looked more like a recorder to me. But that's that's just me. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. Uh so in this one, uh, as we mentioned earlier, she says something along the lines of, it's been five years, I would like to know when you're going to have a family. And at the end of the, this particular section in Picard's head, uh, he says, I'd like your permission to build something. And she goes, you've been building, like, a, a Without my permission. Mission. And he goes, I think I should ask this one. I would very much like to build a nursery. And it's a nice little moment. Yeah. And, and it's fun to see this divergence of Picard yeah. which we'll get into discussing about his family and the relationship and what that leads to later but in a minute yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so in, in the modern era on the Enterprise they try. this is the one cutback I would have accepted because it, it, we're about halfway through the episode and if this is the one where they try to, to cut off the beam yeah. and it nearly kills Picard in, in the memory, in, in, that in Picard's head, he's doing the, uh, the dedication of his second-born child. He's yeah. already had a daughter. He now has a son. Yeah. And he's named him after his best friend, Bataille, the guy we mentioned earlier, mm. who passed away the previous year. Yeah. And um, we get to see a bit of their culture about how they th apparently there's a, a performance that needs to be played on an instrument, and then they, they honor him and name him. It's, it's kind of like a, a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Well, no, uh, uh, baptism would be yeah, a better yeah. example, because bar mitzvahs are later in life. Yeah. Uh, this is when they're still a baby. Yeah. But it was still a nice little touch on their a culture. Christening. Yeah, a very nice little moment about their culture. We hmm. learn about their culture without even realizing it. And then Picard collapses, and we cut back to the Enterprise, and it's because they're trying to cut off the beam. And this is the one time I would have accepted the cutback, because hmm. we would spend about half the episode, and then suddenly Picard just drops in the in the memory. And then we cut back to the, the thing, and they're just like, what's going on? We're trying to cut off the beam, but it's nearly killing him. We have to turn the beam back on. Uh, did you get it? Like, we don't... 
all the exposition in that scene would have been fine to tell us that the Enterprise crew has been trying to help him and it's nearly getting him killed. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not... I honestly don't think it's necessary, but I'm, I would have been fine with it. I think this one is okay. I'm not saying you don't need it. You don't need it at all. No. But if you're going to have it, this is the only one you should have. Yeah. It's just enough information to let you know the Enterprise crew has been trying to solve this and they're not doing a very good job. And then we cut back to the dream. Um, and why is he not in sick bay? <laughs> yeah. Well, they literally aren't sure they can move him because they try backing the, the ship away, and the the probe follows. Yeah. And they aren't sure if it if they get him too far away, if it'll kill him. I mean, I agree with you; they probably should. But to be fair, it's Beverly Crusher. <laughs> she, <laughs> she could probably do it without too much shit. Uh, so we cut back into the, the dream sequence, and um, uh, Picard has been running these tests on the soil, and his daughter is now in her late teens, early 20s, yeah. and she's apparently a scientist, having inherited Picard slash Cayman's love of it. Yeah. And in this, they discover that the soil is dead. All the bacteria, because in case you don't know, it's soil isn't just soil. It's not just dirt. There has to be some kind of helpful bacteria that nurtures yeah. plants. And it's if that's all, gone. If it's gone, it's just it's just rock. Yeah. And as a result, the soil is dead, which means their plants are going to die. And the reason the soil is dying is because the sun is going supernova. It's yeah. drying up everything, and it's probably putting out enough radiation to kill a lot of the the native soil. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have a discussion briefly about how there's this boy that she has a bit of a crush on who has a crush on her and that she thinks she should get married sooner rather than later because, and he says a line that I was really happy about and I'll get to why later, which is seize the moment because they'll never come again. Now is the most important time. Make now the most important yeah. time. Uh, which is very important for something I want to discuss later. Um, they have the, uh, the the old age makeup in this is debatable. Bad. I think the <laughs> wife's old age makeup does pretty well. Yeah, it's just the problem is that we know how how Patrick Stewart aged. Well, even then, I don't think his and makeup was very good. It's <laughs> even not, if we didn't know it. No, I, I'm just saying, anytime they did old age makeup for Picard in the show, it just does not look good. Well, it even looks better in um, All Good Things, which it is roughly the better, same era. But like, it's of his still life. yeah, I still don't think either one looks very good uh so the wife gets uh sick picard goes to the politician guy who apparently is still being reelected in spite of the fact that he didn't do a damn thing about the drought yeah and it's like 25 years 20 years later at this point and there's still a drought and they're still dying and nothing is being done and it, <laughs> yeah and it turns out uh he says look i've been doing the, the picard slash cayman says to this guy look i've been doing my own research and something bad is happening to the soil. This planet is dying. And if you don't tell people, if you, if you won't get it fixed, like, I'm going to go out there and tell people. I'm going to show them my evidence. And he says um, what you, he says in confidence, although in confidence is like stepping two feet to the left of everybody that was standing by the dead tree. Yeah, but we'll, we'll ignore that. <laughs> yeah, and says to them, the conclusions you've come to with your tests, our scientists reached them two years ago. And there's nothing we can do. There's no way to save the... the, the, the we, don't, we don't have... There's no way to stop the sun from going nova. There's no way to do an evacuation. No, because they don't have... They only have, as we mentioned... Uh, missiles. Barely missiles. Yeah. Like solid... It's set in the Enterprise cutbacks, they use solid propellant, which yeah. is... 
uh, fuel. Well, it's fuel, but it's like by our standards, comparing us to them would be like saying, okay, for the Enterprise era, saying they use solid propellants would be the equivalent of us saying someone used like fucking a balloon steam air, power. Yeah, steam power or something like that. It's <laughs> it's pathetically minuscule as far as technology is concerned. Yeah. And there, there's nothing they can do. They can't stop this. They can't change it. There is a plan in motion, but he isn't going to say anything beyond that. Because Picard's like, at least put out some cell samples. Something of this cult, this planet must survive. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets word uh, from his son. And I wonder if this is the, the program trying to get him from continuing this line of questioning. Because his son runs up literally during this discussion and said there's something wrong with mom. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that was the program trying to get him off this particular track and change direction. So that so way it doesn't break the... Immersion will also, it's, it, this, it, following the, the, the plan, yeah. like, wouldn't tell him about their culture. No. More than being, living a life in this world. So, he, uh, he runs home and his wife is there and she's apparently, I guess, dying of a stroke or a heart attack or something like that. Yeah. It's not clear, but she's clearly dying. Yeah. And she literally tells she tells her son, please um, give us a minute. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she pulls him in and she says, I, basically, I love you. And my favorite thing she says is, put your shoes away. Because up till this point, there's been a running gag that she keeps having to remember. He, Picard keeps leaving his shoes outside because yeah. he goes outside all the and time. And she has to keep going out and putting them away. Putting them in. And I love that because it came across like... Of the whole marriage we've had together, this is my only thing, my only complaint. <laughs> I really like the it's only. It's such a married thing. Well, it the only thing worth commenting. The only, I wouldn't say negative, but the only thing worth. It was her. In my way, in my interpretation, was it was her way of saying our marriage has been nearly perfect. Like the worst thing about you was that you left your shoes outside. And that is... I know you can take care of yourself, but please put your damn shoes away. Well, I just read it as, yeah. like, I loved you and we had such a great life together. And my only, like, the closest thing to a complaint I have about it yeah. is I really wish you'd learn to bring your damn shoes in. <laughs> and she, she drops a tear right when she dies. It's yeah. very good acting from the, the lady who played Aline. Because literally her eyes close and there's, like, a quick tear that drops down. It's really great. Yeah. So we cut back and he's got a kid, he's got a grandson now. He's, like five or six it's got to be at least seven to ten years yeah. his eldest daughter's kid i think yes it's her kid and uh they say we're gonna go see the launch and he's like what launch and he goes come on it's time to go see the launch and they go to see the launch and he's talking about how upset he is that his grandson won't get to live a life because it's their planet's dying there's nothing they can do about it yeah and he sits down and he goes what did everyone know about this damn launch like what are we here for what are we going and, and then he hears bataille the original Bataille, his best friend, yeah. say, you've already seen it. And he turns around and sees it. And, and God bless Patrick Stewart, the way he sells this, because it's like, it's it's like he's coming to a revelation. and it's He's been in this life for so long. Yeah, it's like he's both waking up from a dream and coming to a revelation and feeling the ecstatic joy of seeing someone he thought was long dead alive again. Mm-hmm. It, it makes him so happy to see Bataille for half a second. And Bataille explains that we've already launched it and you were the person it met. And then he turns around and it's Eileen, his wife is there, looking young and beautiful. And she says, we've all been dead a thousand years. We launched this in the hope that somebody would find it and that they would tell the others of us. And I realized when I was watching this, they didn't even know if aliens existed 
Like no. they launched this thing into the to the to the With dark the void hope. of space of never knowing if it would if they was aliens and if there were aliens if it or would ever, if it would survive this or if it would ever encounter anybody. Yeah. Like they took a one in a trillion chance and it was it was actually kind of heartbreakingly wonderful that they found anybody, let alone Picard. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, and he comes to the realization, he's like, I'm the one that it finds, yeah. And you need to tell them of us. Tell them all about us, because the only place we live now is in you. And then uh, we cut back, and Picard literally wakes up on the Enterprise, and... He, I don't think he does as good a job here as he did in the memory, but no. I do like his kind of like it's like that moment when you wake up from a like you didn't get enough sleep, yeah, and you wake up and it takes you a full twenty minutes to remember your own damn name. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what was? I know I'm I know I'm a person. <laughs> I think my first name starts with an E or an R. I know there's an er sound. What was it? Ulrich. <laughs> <Rick>. I'm Ulrich. <laughs> Ulrich von Lichtenstein of Gelderland. You've never seen, uh, uh, oh God, what is it? It's that uh, that movie with Heath Ledger. Knight's Tale. That's a joke from a Knight's Tale. Oh no, my parents have seen that. It's a good movie. I liked it. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, so he, uh, we, we, he wakes up, realizes it's only been 10, 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah. The probe completely shuts down. They pull the probe into the bay. And they take it apart. Apparently, the whole thing was only designed to work once. Yeah. It would wear itself, blow itself out the moment it was finished. Uh, but um, they did find something in it, and they pull out this box. And he hands the box to Picard. And Picard opens it, and inside is his flute. And then Riker just kind of looks at him meaningfully and walks away. And then Picard sets the box down, takes the flute out, walks over to the window, and starts. Mm-hmm. And my only other complaint about this episode. My only other one is I wish to God they had just used his music over the credits. Because... They the, cut to... They start with him over the credits and then they cut to the... I'm like, well, way to fucking break you out of the tone of the episode. Yeah, because it's meant to be very melancholy because yes, he did get to live this whole life and yes, he did feel all those feelings and yes, he did get to know all these people and it's great that they get to be remembered now that he can write books and give lectures about them but, but they, they're basically dead. They've all been dead for a thousand and plus years. he watched them die in a, in a way. His ch- people he knew of as his children were never even born but even if you can make the argument that they were they still are dead. Yeah. They've been dead for a thousand years. It, it should have been one of those like just him solely playing the music alone would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I guess it was before the time that they did that in shows often, but yeah, I, still, I, I wish they had done that. Well, they also mentioned, I read on uh, IMDb Trivia, that they did not, that when they wrote this episode, they were not considering how it would affect Picard. It was just meant to be an hour of entertaining television. Yeah. They did not realize how much this might fuck someone up if yeah. they went through it. And I think that's that's portrayed best by that. They go from the, the meaningful, melancholy music being played solely by Picard who's literally now having to carry, basically, if you want to look at it this way, is now having to carry the song of this entire people. Yeah. Like, he is the only person playing this song. Yeah. And he has to keep it going, because they put all their hopes in this one one person would be able to remember them. Yeah. And it's sad and melancholy, but hopeful because at least it worked. I yeah. mean, they took that one, one in trillion dollar, one in a trillion chance, and it worked. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, there are, I'm sure, tons of civilizations that got wiped out before they ever even got that much. Yeah, even got a chance to do that. <laughs> so it, it is good but sad, and it would have been much more powerful if it had just been him over the credits. And I don't think they thought that far ahead. I think they just thought this was an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, speaking of it, there are two things. Th- well, I should comment on the three pseudo callbacks. Two of wh- one of which I know was intentional. The other two I think were accidental, but I'm still going to count them. Okay. Uh, the first one is, of course, the follow-up episode where the flute comes back, and it's Picard falling for that woman that worked under him. Yeah. You really like that episode. A lot of people don't. I uh, actually do. I'm fine with this one-off romance because. The way it starts is just so fucking romantic. It's, it, it's so. The, I think most people have a problem with the ending that it's the woman has to give up her career and move to a different ship. Yeah, I hate that. But I also understand that the only other option would have been Picard to leave because he literally couldn't do the job as long as someone he loved the way he loved her was under his command. Like, one of them would have to leave the Enterprise, and I'm sorry, it wasn't going to be the captain. No. <laughs> I don't care yeah, if it's a man or a woman. Either this was going to become a permanent relationship or they were going to have one of them leave. One of them were going to have to retire and live on the ship with the other one. Yeah. Because he just couldn't, he couldn't send her into risk. That was the problem. Yeah. Or one of them was going to have to transfer another ship and it wasn't going to be Captain Picard. I mean, even if this wasn't his show, yeah. it w- if it was Janeway, it wouldn't have been her. No. It, wouldn't, it just would not. No. It had... Uh, I, at least that's the impression I get from the writing intention. It does It does suck the white man had got to keep his high-powered job. There's also the question of the power dynamic, given that he's in charge and she's technically his underling. But it's also very clear from the episode that she does not give two flying fucks about the fact that he's her captain. Yeah. He, he doesn't, like, pressure her into a relationship. If anything, he tries to out. He tries to stay away from it for as long as he can. Yeah. So I think they, they so tap dance around think, the issues. Yeah, I, I, out of all the one-off romances, I think this is one of the better ones, Yeah, in if, my personal opinion. Well, this one or the one in the sequel episode are you talking about? Because Eileen is a one-off romance, technically. Yeah, true, but that was not technically... Well, Eileen, not Eileen. It's a little... Co- that one's complicated because it's technically not real, but it is real. It felt real. I'm counting it as real. So, I'm also assuming it was loosely based on an actual person. Yeah. I, I'm talking about the sequel episode as well. Yeah. Well, th- another question that people raise about this is the idea of consent. Because Picard didn't agree to any of this, and yet he had to live an entire life with a woman he never even met before. Yeah. Like, from the very first appearance, she's like, hey, why don't you come to bed with me? And he's like, I don't really know you. <laughs> um, so uh, th- there is a question of consent regarding this story, but I also would point out it's the last-ditch effort of entire species. Yeah. They probably didn't They're like, have... okay, we got to do marriage speed run here. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think they had time to really think that much through. Um, Hopefully the person that finds this is straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was about I was literally going to say that. What if a gay guy found this? <laughs> Make Picard gay. Yeah. Uh, the other two points I'm going to bring up is, both of which are unintentional. One of which is, in this, Picard has a family. He literally has two kids, and he actually says the line, I never really wanted children before this, now I can't imagine my life without them. Yet he does not have kids after this. No, yeah, 
In fact, the two times he comes close to having kids, one turns out not to be his kid. It's the, the episode season seven with that kid that might have been his son from a one-off fling. Yeah. And then it turns out he's not, and then we never hear from him again. It isn't even like he just kind of adopts the guy. Nah. And then the other one is Elnor from Picard, who he literally abandoned for at least ten years. Which, okay, yeah. why? <laughs> The argument I'm going to make, and I think a lot of people make, regarding this episode is that it hurt him too much to see his children grow up and then never have existed for him to go down that road again anytime soon. Yeah, to I mean, it, for the possibility that they might die in the same kind of way. Well, even if they don't, I'm just imagining he would be feeling yeah. remi- reminded of his children from this. Yeah. I think Melora was the name of his daughter, and then Batai was the name of his son. Yeah. He'd be remembering them... While he was lo- like every time his new kid did something, it would remind him of his old kids yeah. that technically never existed but did exist for him. Yeah, and I imagine that would hurt a lot. Like every like up till this point, he's had a problem with kids just because he doesn't know how to relate to them, and now it's because he know he's too connected to a couple of kids that technically the best way your mind could process it would be that they died. Mm-hmm. Not that they were never existed, because I'm sure they were too real to him for him to imagine they did never existed. Yeah. But he would have to process it that they died, and that would be very hard for him, mm-hmm. especially to have more kids. I, I still... I, that's my headcanon for why Picard never had kids after this. Uh, the other one, and again, I think it's entirely unintentional, is that he literally says something along the lines, I think we commented earlier on it, which was, you know, make now the most important time because what happens now will never come again he says almost the exact same thing at the end of generations yeah um someone says that time is a an enemy but i tend to think of his time as a companion that goes with us all our lives that goes with us on the journey and tells us to cherish every moment because they'll never come again mm-hmm. and i like to think that the lesson he learned from this resonated with him all the way to there um I know you don't love Generations, but I like that idea. <laughs> uh, so that's it for uh, The Inner Light. Is there anything I did not bring up that you wanted to comment on? Mm-hmm. No, not really. <laughs> okay. Uh, you mentioned that you did like a lot of episodes before this. In fact, there were several episodes we've already covered you liked before this one. But you yeah. commented that this was... This one was different. Particularly I don't hard for you to, to not love. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was kind of like... I. I don't know how to describe it, but when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I get it. You know, with the Star Trek. Yeah. Even though I was already into it, it's just like that episode solidified you got, it. If I may extrapolate, up to this episode, you got why Star Trek was popular. Yeah. This is the episode where you got why Star Trek was a phenomenon. Yeah. It's yeah. why this this episode is the one that made you understand that Star Trek is more than just a really good show. When yeah. it's on point, it is art. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, this episode kind of changed. Like, and it's not till season five, which shocked me. I thought it was earlier. But, mm-hmm. like, it was the episode that, like, really connected the dots for me. Mm-hmm. Which is why, which is the only reason why it edged out all kinds of other choices that I had. I mean, but I we'll, was thinking about in the Pale Moonlight. Well, thinking, we'll cover a lot of those in a minute. Yeah. Because we're going to do our, was, our, our, our honorable mentions in a second. Yeah. <laughs> so save those for that. But, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, a really good episode. I genuinely, uh, genuinely like this one. I, I'm really mad at myself. I didn't love it from the start. But again, I was a kid when I first saw it. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't really rewatch it for a very long time. Yeah. 
so that's it for this episode, not for this week. I'm probably going to try to get Devil in the Dark, this, and the Honorable Mentions edited and uploaded around the same time. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be not too long from now. Yeah. Um, so that's it for this week, for this episode, though. And number 20 of Star Trek MTT, <laughs> Megan's Top 20. Yeah. Again, in no particular order, this is neither her least favorite nor most favorite episode of the ones we've covered. It's not just, only that, like, some of the episodes would probably not go on this list by now because yeah. it might change my mind a lot. Yeah, this is more of a stream of consciousness than you sat down and you rated each episode. I didn't go over, I'm like, this one is better than this one because of this, this, and this. No, I didn't do that. I was like, oh, well, I I, I think I like this episode. Let's play it. About five to ten years, four to, well, I'm sorry, three to five years ago, there was a real trend on online where they would have sites where they would pop up like, uh, do you like this or this? I know one, one I, example I know of was like uh, Mass Effect Companions was a list that would pop up. Yeah. And it would show you like two companions and then you'd pick which one you liked more. Yeah. And then at the end of it, after like 50 questions or something like that, it would show you your ranking based on which one you liked more than the other one. Yeah. And I'm wondering if they have something like that for Star Trek, although it would That's, take forever. We would have, they would have to do it based on like different, they would have to separate the series. There's no way to do all of them at once. Yeah. Uh, especially since they're still going we're yeah. getting more and more but I mean like this if you did go through that yeah. these 20 would not necessarily be on that hot, top 20 of yeah, that list yeah like sometimes I, do, I just remember an episode and I'm like oh that's an episode I like but if I like went through a list and I was like oh I remember that episode that one is amazing yeah it, like I said, I'm this just was, bad at titles <laughs> we didn't we didn't want this to be a stereotypical top 20 list where you just went through and you're like okay you this like you printed out a list the of the most amazing episode you printed out a list of every single episode title with a little blurb about what it was and you went through and you marked all your favorites and then narrowed it down more and more and more until you got to your 20 this is more just what occurred to you at the time I'm not that hyper-focused Okay. <laughs> so that's it for this episode and almost this entire uh, little podcast season concept. I don't know what we're going to do after it, if we're going to do anything. Like I said, we're kind of out of the zone of doing rock starring, but yeah. we'll see how we feel. And that's it. This is Eric. And this is Megan. You guys have fun out there, and be sure to watch some good Star Trek when you get a chance. God knows we all... Happy birthday, Data. <laughs> yeah. God knows we could all use a good uplift here and there. All yeah. right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>